Hi, welcome to Haven. This is a podcast that's a safe space for curiosity and conversation. I'm your host, Haven, and today I'm curious about the facts of life and other lessons my mother taught me, part two. The facts of life and other lessons my mother taught me part two. So this is a part of the relationship series that I'm going to be doing now that we've entered into season two. So if you haven't heard the previous episode, which was part one with my mom, go and listen to that and then come back and revisit this because we talked about childhood and going into preteen and junior high for the parent-child dynamic. And now we're going to do high school into adulthood. So please welcome back my mom. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Long time no see. (laughs) (laughs) So in the previous episode, we talked a little bit about children and junior high, and now we're going to do beyond that. And even when I was thinking a little bit about, okay, what's my hope for having you on here other than like, we're going to have a good time. And, you know, people were curious about what is it like to have an emotionally in tune mother? I feel like that was a really big question. I think I want to show people that it's possible to have a healthy relationship with your mom and that or even with your kids or whichever seat you are on this side of the couch that I just don't think we see it often. I don't think we see it in media. I don't think we hear about it often. Um, And it's not without hard work or conflict or um, snags like it's two humans. But I just I want the takeaway to be it's absolutely possible to have a great relationship with your mom, or if you didn't have one, for you to draw a line in the sand and do that with your children. And I'd like to add that it's never too late Mm -hmm. to have a good relationship with your children. And one of the things that has really surprised me is that you can actually, in some strange universe, multiverse perhaps, uh, you can affect your children's lives backwards. And I don't know how that works, but I I have noticed that as I have been more intentional about doing my own work, and again, you, the, the goal is to have a healthy relationship, a healthy parent-child relationship. Well, that really, within it is the word healthy, so you really have to work on your own mental health, your own uh, just emotional health as a mom. And so a lot of moms don't have that luxury especially when they are, their kids are little. And then they think, oh, it's too late. And I have, you know, we have so many regrets and we would have done it differently. And, and you know, perhaps there's fractures in the relationship. And I, I really want to encourage any of your listeners that, that you, you can start now getting healthier because there's, it's really powerful to be able to go back to your children and just say, I'm sorry, I, I, I would have done it differently. Or now that I look back and I'm learning about myself, I realize I was probably, you know, too controlling or I wasn't or I wasn't involved enough. Tell me what your experience was. And that is very healing for a child. And not only for the parent-child relationship, it's healing for that child. And from because oftentimes, I mean, there's there is a arrested development that can happen that you can, but you can also go back and and heal that fracture, and it changes the dynamic and and other healing kind of is exponentially um, rapid. More, what's the word I'm looking for? It's um, 
Expedited? Maybe so. Exponentially expedited? (laughs) Exceptionally. Exceptionally. (laughs) Except in other cases. No. This is egregious. No. Okay. Um, Wait, you missed it. I just said egregious E. Yeah, but it wasn't X. See, so it wasn't quite right on. But it was alliteration. It was alliteration, but it wasn't next level. It wasn't exceptional. exceptional. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Except in those cases. Okay, sorry. Where were we? Where were we? I think we were talking about that um, if you do the healing, even retroactively, then other healing can build upon that even faster. I really like that. You know, um, I'm a super fan of Dr. Becky. She wrote that book, Good Inside, that I love. And I'm a super fan of Dr. Becky because you're a super fan, and I see the impact that she's had in your life as you are raising these beautiful grandchildren. I've never met you, Dr. Becky, but I'm a big fan. You are just incredible. But she has a TED Talk where she was basically saying, like, imagine, even as an adult, like, what if your parent called you and said, hey, I'm so sorry, like, exactly what you just said. Um And she was saying that, like, it's never too late to write the last page of that story. Like, you think, oh, that chapter's closed. You you can go back and add a page to it. And, like, how would that feel? Like, you feeling to receive that would feel amazing. So why don't we give our children that opportunity, too? It's so healing on so many different levels, too, because children really do, you know, we really do um, create their concept of God very much connected to the relationship with their parent. So if you can kind of go back and adjust something like there was a fracture, a broken bone, you got to go back and actually kind of re-break it and let it heal. Um, But it's also going to be stronger or there's going to be scar tissue with which is stronger. But if you let it then heal, then that's going to that's going to affect their most intimate relationships with their friends, with their spouses, their relationship with their concept of God. It is, it's, and then with themselves, because when that happened to them, you were God to them. So even if it didn't feel right to them and it hurt them and growing up, they're realizing, oh, that was, she shouldn't have done it that way. There's still a little part of them that's questioning because, well, my parents did this. And so to even just say, no, I want to name it. That was not right. Mm-hmm. That was not healthy. That was coming from my own pain. And it I put it on you. Or that was become my own ignorance. But the impact was still the same. It clears it up and it makes it clear so the child can then actually move forward with right information. Not this cloudy, well, it didn't feel right, but my mom said it and maybe I was wrong. And mm-hmm. just clear it up so that healing can can grow you know more in a more healthy way from that point forward and I think it's so interesting of like yes the the parents voice can be the voice of God but it also turns to be their inner voice and how they think about even in their head where I remember this when I was dating Aaron and he spilled something and he was like oh no like he was so distraught and my reaction was accidents happen Like, and it was something was broken and it meant, you know, a lot to me or something, but I truly was like, accidents happen. And he kind of was dumbfounded. He, it it never occurred to him that if you break something, even if it's valuable to someone else, that like, it's an accident. And that's when I realized, oh, it's because you said that growing up. Everything, it was just immediate, like accidents happen. And it became my inner voice. Yeah. Yeah. And, And I love, I love hearing that. And I know that there are other voices in your head that are that are from me that were from my own. Uh, I'm gonna stop you. You're too hard on yourself. 
you're making this really big and I promise you like I I you said that once where you're like, yeah, my therapist was like, you know what, Lisa, you definitely were a good enough mom, and that was enough. I'm sure it was more poetic and meant more to you, and I was like, you were more than good enough. Like, you're so hard on yourself. I think you were wonderful. Well, I, I appreciate that, and actually hearing that I was a good enough mom was relieving to me because I had the pressure to be a great, inside eternal pressure to be a great mom or the best mom or a wonderful mom, and it was actually quite a gift of grace to hear you were a good enough mom because then I can just breathe and relax and realize I'm going to make mistakes, and, and that's okay. I'm a good enough mom. It's so interesting, though, because to me, you were great because of that, like, I think we're saying the same thing with different words. Like, to me, that's greatness. That's more than good enough. It's greatness to see a mom who's who's human and to see a mom who messes up and shows me how to do that. It's not greatness to see a mom who never makes mistakes and got everything right because I'm not going to. So how do I watch you do that so I can learn for myself? Okay, thank you. I know, it's like turning into an argument okay. back and forth. You're more than good enough, lady. I don't know who your therapist is, but she's wrong. Thank Just kidding. You, darling. The point of this episode, high school, adulthood. I remember high school. You sat us all down and you said high school can be amazing for you guys. I want you to have incredible experiences. We do have some boundaries that we expect you to abide by. And if you don't, it's your choice but your high school experience is going to be really tough and really rocky and probably not fun for you. And you're like, if you go through our simple boundaries, we want you to have a good time, but we need you to go with these boundaries. And I saw Tucker blow through those boundaries <laughs> <laughs> and not have a, a good high school experience, my older brother. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I want to have an enjoyable time. So high school was great for me. But talking about parenting different kids, you really had to gear shift between all three of us in high school because we were three very different teenagers. Yes, and birth order matters. You know, uh, Tucker, as the firstborn, you know, I was making my mistakes on him and learning from them and adjusting. I really do think that, you know, as parents, we, we try to put aside money for college, uh, back in the olden days, if it was the girls for a wedding, you know, and half that for for a boy. But I really do think that there needs to be a therapy fund that's that's also, you know, monthly, a little bit put in there and double that for the firstborn. And double for the firstborn. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's probably a wise financial tip for everyone. I think so. I'm going to talk about my high school experience, though, not Tucker and Clancy's. Okay. Because, again, my podcast, they can come and talk about themselves. <laughs> but for me... I had a great time, but I remember it wasn't from not doing the stuff I wanted to do. I remember at like two in the morning, my friends are like, let's sneak out and go teepee. And I was like, eh, let me ask my mom. I was like, well, let's just see. I remember waking up being like, mom, can we go teepee this person's house? And you were like, yeah, just set the alarm when you're back so I know you're back. And I just <laughs> went to my friends. I gave them a thumbs up. They're like, you literally woke her up to ask her. And I was like yeah, I'm not about to sneak out of here. Like, that doesn't sound great with me and my moral code, but I'd love to go teepee and vandalize this person's house. <laughs> you know, there's gray areas. If I remember correctly, okay. which I may not, <laughs> first of all, 
I was thrilled because some of my best memories <laughs> as a kid were doing these pranks. You're such a prankster. I love pranks. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted you to have that experience. Mm -hmm. But I think I also said, as long as you set the alarm when you get back in and go back the next day and clean it up. I forgot that part. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure maybe we did it. I don't know if we ever actually did. And I just don't remember you saying that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So my bad to Marcus Dingler. <laughs> oh, they loved you. His mother loved you. I loved his mother. I know you did. No, no. I love Brett Hawkins' mother. Oh, I that's do. the one. Yeah. But I liked I liked Marcus, too. I liked both of them. I loved her so much. Man. I fell in love with her and not Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I think she fell in love with you, too. Yeah, man. Who wouldn't? Thank you. Now a quick pause to hear from my sponsors. This episode is brought to you by EfficientAid. EfficientAid offers fractional virtual assistants whose sole purpose is to help people who are making a difference. Are you bogged down in your email and still managing your own calendar? Delegating those tasks to a high caliber career assistant can free you up to utilize your time towards the areas of your best and highest use, allowing you to focus on the areas you truly thrive in. Learn more at EfficientAid.com. That's efficient, A-I-D-E dot com. Okay, back to the episode. We did say this was supposed to be mini episodes in the last episode we ran long because we just were having such a great time. And we need to move faster. Okay. So let's go to adulthood. Okay. And I think this is actually the biggest gear shift that mothers need to make. Children are going to go into adulthood regardless, but I feel like you did this really, really well where there was a shift where you were also like, hey, I'm not going to mother you and tell you what to do at all. To the extent where I'd be like, no, please tell me what to do. But I got to ask. It was all my choice. And where I would see a lot of my grown friendships now having contentious relationships with their mothers is because the mothers are still parenting them and not gear shifting into this new phase of adulthood. So how did you do that? And what did it look like on your side of the fence? That's the first question. It's going to be a long question. The second one is I remember you told me once, especially with young boys, if moms don't cut the umbilical cord, then the sons have to do that specifically. And it gets very, very painful. So how did you do that with me as a female? And then how did you do that with Tucker as a male, which is different? Well, even using that little analogy, it's not even that moms, if moms don't cut the umbilical cord, um, I like it better if the mom doesn't untie the apron strings because that's even more gentle. Hmm. That's even more, you know, it's just, okay, it's time. I'm taking off the apron strings. You're done cooking, buddy. And mm -hmm. now let's see who you're going to become. And and if you don't, then yes, then then there it, there is there has to be some kind of rebellion because there has to be individuation. Otherwise, it's not healthy. So I, I think if if moms can consciously untie the apron strings knowing it's going to happen it can either be gentle or it can be harsh it can either be on your terms which is okay I'm going to just do this slowly or it can be on the child's terms which is no I'm living my own life I'm doing it my way now mom sayonara, sayonara. so that's one thing um, as far as your the, your first question goes I'm going to just speak for myself in that what I really, it wasn't that hard because I had learned that we really, each person is very, very individual and very different. We all, we all have our own path. It, I think we are born with, you know, our own path, our own ways of being, distinct essence and personalities. And 
as parents, it's our job to create the greenhouse for that to for that to grow safely in, but it's not my job to determine what that seed's going to produce or what fruit's going to come from that tree, whether it's going to be a tree that is knocked down and made furniture or it's fruit or it's a shade tree. That's within you. And so by the time that you are grown, I've done all I can to create a safe environment. It's my turn to sit back and watch you grow and become who you're supposed to be. And if I start interfering with that, then it's not going to be the healthiest plant. And so I think I really just so deeply, firmly believed that to have a position of curiosity and awe and respect and trust in the growing process. So I get, it's actually a privilege to get to watch you each become who you are and it's kind of like the kids then have to switch to and be like okay I had a picture of my mom growing up like who is my mom outside of being the secondary character character to my story like who was my mom before me who is my mom now like even as an adult child it's interesting to go back and revisit. So one thing that we did, which was really fun, was we went to lunch and I was like, what do, What if we pretended that a mutual friend connected us and we have no idea about each other and this is our first lunch and we ask all the questions like, where are you from? Like, what siblings do you have? What'd you do for work? And it was cool because I would ask questions kind of knowing the direction but then you would kind of give me something else I didn't anticipate. Or I would intentionally ask a follow-up question that I knew was probably wrong or, like, off on a trail because that's what I would ask someone I didn't know. And you would be like, well, actually, you know, I went this direction. And it was so fun to get to know each other as peers and adults. Yeah, I loved it. I had so much fun. I could do that just all day long. And, yes, we kind of know the general uh, idea or we think we do but what's really fun is when we don't and what's also fun is when the um the charge the stakes aren't as high with a friendship because I, on that day we were kind of shopping and we walked into this bookstore and uh you know back in the day they had a lot of christian bookstores now there's more of a kind of spiritual bookstores and things and so we walked into this and uh and i said do you like these kind of bookstores and you said uh no i think they, they're silly do you like them? And I said, yeah, I'm pretty fascinated with a lot of these authors. And she's, well, what do you like? What do you like about it? You know, and I said, well, I guess it's it's kind of like you're visiting a whole nother world. This is not a this is not a country or a bookstore or a world that I grew up in. And you get to go to a foreign country. You can decide whether you, you know, you go to Italy, you can decide whether you, you know, like pasta or want wine with every dinner or, you know, whatever they, you know, that culture but at least you're exploring it with curiosity. And so for me at 60, I'm, I just love still exploring. And, you know, I could tell in your eyes and what you said was, well, that makes sense. It was no longer, well, that's silly. That's kind of, that's not for me. But it was like, oh, okay, I can kind of get why you would be interested. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's one of the reasons that it's really healthy to not just assume we know each other, but really get to know each other at, at every age and stage afresh, because hopefully we are a little bit different because we're growing. So even if it's not taking your mom out to lunch and pretending you don't know each other, we all have relationships. So do you have any takeaway for the listeners who may want to revisit a relationship that they haven't um, considered from a different angle recently? Well, 
I hadn't really thought about that, but when you asked that question, I thought, you know, the very first person to have that getting to know you lunch with is yourself. Because I do think that we just think, well, this is who I am. This is who I've always been. And there may be ways that we're that way because of our own parents' relationship or our own culture. And we can kind of actually ask ourselves the question, but is that really me? So I would say, ask this, the questions about who you are. And then I would say, be who you are. Because I believe that warts and all, blind spots and all, um, weaknesses and all, that nothing is lost, that we are exactly who we're supposed to be, and that the people in our in our realm need us to be that person. They don't need us to be somebody you look up to. They don't need us to be Haven. They don't need us to be me. They don't need us to be, you know, um, somebody on television. They they need us to be you. So be the youest you you can be, knowing that also means there's some things that you're still growing and you're still, you wish were different. But maybe that little edge, that little thread in the Navajo rug that isn't perfect is exactly what that person needs. And so, and it also takes the pressure off. We can just relax and be who we are, knowing that this, that's exactly who that person in our life needs at that moment. And we can always go back and say, I'm sorry hmm. if we mess up. That's such a beautiful note to end on. Thank you for coming, Mom. Thank you for mothering me. Thank you for mothering my listeners and giving them kind of insights into me, someone who I just think does relationships and motherhood so elegantly and beautifully and humanly. And um, it's a gift of my lifetime to be your daughter and have my life based on the foundation of love that you gave me. Well, thank you, baby. I love watching you grow and become a beautiful woman, more on the inside than outside. Thank you, Mama. Well... Season two, baby. We're in it. That was part two. That was the facts of life and other lessons my mother taught me. So I hope you enjoyed it. This is going to be a season about relationships. And so it's going to take different twists and turns in the coming episodes, which are, by the way, weekly now. And so please tune in. I also want to welcome you to sign up for my monthly newsletter. You can go to havenpod.com and put your information in there and then have some goodies hit your inbox each month. And then just the typical, go to YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, at Haven the Podcast, like, follow, subscribe. And then my new request is to please share this with friends. Um, my mom is a treasure trove of wisdom, so I'm sure something there would impact someone else. And I really want to um, grow a community out of this of people who are interested in asking questions and following where they lead us so thank you for being a part thanks for being here season two and i'll see you on the next episode